Amen. You are welcome to service. God bless you so much for making it to service today. Shortly, the word of God will be coming to us. Ministering to us today is someone not strange to us. He is a friend. He is a father. And we want to celebrate the gift of God that he has given us. We are receiving the word of God from our president. Precede Daniel Asamoah Queen. So we just stand Let's receive the of our president. together for the Lord. So, on behalf of our campus pastor, Reverend Dr. Stephen Yenusom Wingham, I welcome you all to our second semester and final semester for our level 400. Amen. Alright. So, the ladies, we won't act like you don't know what is happening today. Please, if there is a gentleman around you, turn to him. 
attend to him. Make sure he has your attention. Look, look at the gentleman. And wish him a very happy Father's Day. Amen. Because what you are doing now, you are prophesying into our lives. So please tell us. Amen. Amen. And so it's a joy to be in the house of the Lord once again. For some of us, we have been here throughout. And so, welcome back to our little young ones. <laughs> yeah. So, this morning, I'm going to exhort us briefly on the Word of God. And it's from a story we have most likely heard from the very beginning of our bed up until now. When I first got the message, that was around two weeks ago, to prepare for it, one title came, but just this dawn, it changed when I was going over the notes. And so I would like to exhort us briefly on the title, Understanding the Sovereignty of the Lord. Understanding the Sovereignty of the Lord. And I... Bible text is going to be Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 to 11. Ezekiel 37, if I could have it projected. Ezekiel 37. Okay, so let's read. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, verse 2 and caused me to pass by them round about and behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry, verse 3 and he said unto me, son of man can these bones live? and I answered, O Lord God thou knowest. Again he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Verse 9, he says, Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Finally, verse 11. Then he said unto me, Son of man, 
these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, our hope is lost, we are cut off for our parts. Amen. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Amen. All right, so like I said earlier, this morning we are going to look at the topic understanding the sovereignty of god understanding the sovereignty of god when we talk about the sovereignty of god it talks mainly about or it describes how powerful god is and how god alone is esteemed high above our imaginations our thoughts and everything we could ever think of that god has all the power and all power is in his hands he is the one who can say today, this man will live and he will live. And he is the one who can say, this one wouldn't live and he wouldn't live. And at the end of the day, you can't question him because all power resides in him. Now, in the verse that we read from verse 1, we see the phrase, the hand of the Lord was upon me. And here that God was showing Ezekiel, the prophet, the state of the nation Israel, God's chosen people, and how they had lost their hope, and how they thought there was no God. And God represented them in the vision by the dry bones. And earlier I said, this is a verse we have all heard before, right from Sunday school, when we were little children. And Ezekiel and the left bone professor, hey, forgotten. And la 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 Who can sing for me? Eh? Hey! Sunday school. continue for me <laughs> yes so it's not something we haven't heard before but for the purposes of our meeting this morning God wants us to relate to this particular test as it carries a special message for us if you are in level 400 I'd like you to identify yourself with this word if you are in level 100 please do sing so I'd like to begin now now, the phrase, the hand of the Lord, is something that you see repeatedly in the Bible. Whenever the hand of the Lord was upon a man, many mighty things were happening, and many signs and wonders were wrought by this same phrase, the hand of the Lord. Now, the phrase, the hand of the Lord, in Latin means dexterra domini, simply, for, uh, simply showing the omnipotence of God, dexterra domini. And in the book of Kings, when we see this phrase come upon a man, Elijah, the Bible says that he receives strength and he outruns a chariot. This same phrase, the hand of the Lord, as we are seeing here, is saying that God put his hand upon him and the Spirit carried him out from where he was into the midst of the dry bones. So the phrase, the hand of the Lord, not only shows 
good things that are happening to us or not only shows powerful things that happen to us but this same hand of the Lord can also carry us from a place of comfort into a place of discomfort as we have seen over here now we have so many areas where we can experience the hand of the Lord being dry or we can feel dry when the hand of the Lord is upon us sometimes in our relationship in our academics in our families and in even our rooms we can sometimes feel that the hand of God isn't really there or is not really upon us but the text is making us understand that the same hand that gives a man power to outrun a chariot that same hand can cause you to be in a place of discomfort and over here we see in verse 1 when he talks about it saying the hand of the Lord carried him into a place of dryness and so this morning I just want to ask which area of your life is dry is it in your academics or perhaps your family has there been a time where you pray and then you feel God isn't really hearing me or I'm just not praying enough? Would that be a sign of the dryness that God is taking me through? And even as we reflect on this, let us understand that all power comes from God and God alone builds all sovereignty. And so, we are blessed, however, in this generation to have the Bible guiding us and leading us that whenever we experience this dryness of God, we would know what to do. It wouldn't be something that we would go through that experience all alone. God is so good to us. He has given us a roadmap out of this. And when you check the verse 3, you see how God shows the Son of Man how he's going to revitalize these dry bones and cause them to become flesh and even an exceedingly great army again. Now, sorry, the first one in verse 3. Verse 3, And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O God, thou knowest. This is the first key to help us come out of whatever dryness we are in. Now, God himself had showed the prophets the dry bones. And it wasn't for any reason that God showed it to him. He wanted to explain something to him. And out of that, we get one step of overcoming or coming out of the dryness in our life. And in verse 3, when Ezekiel gives this answer, O Lord, thou knowest. Ezekiel is telling us that, O God, I trust in you. I do not have all the answers in my head. I don't know. I was sitting my somewhere. You brought me here. And if you showed me these bones, if they can live, the Lord who is sovereign over all, only you would know. So the key number one is to trust the Lord as he's the only one with the full answers. Trust the Lord as he's the only one with the full answers. Now, even this state of dryness in our lives, sometimes, although we may say we cause it to come on ourselves, God can also bring it upon us. 
in the book of first second Samuel 24 King David was in his kingdom he just wanted to go out and count his people and when he did that he experienced dryness in his land in a day thousands of people died this same hand of the Lord came upon a man's life Joseph in Genesis chapter 41 when he had to move through from his father's house onto a place where he had never ever dreamt of he had seen dreams of he being king dreams of he being in high places and all that but never ever had he imagined ever going to be a slave on another man's land but it was the hand of the Lord that was with him even in prison so key number one saying trust in the Lord as he's the only one in with the answers do not seek from within yourself what is going on or what is causing this problem in my life you may have lost a parent you may have lost a loved one you may have lost a friend or something somebody it could be anything in your academics whatever 400 you may be here you are thinking even of your national service where you even do it up until now you don't know and anytime you move to someone or you talk to someone about it, it's one assurance after the other. It's one promise after the other. It's one I will link you after the other. But there's no sign. And you are in 400 and you are at the end of it all, the climax of it. In one of my favorite movies, The Gladiator, the main character gives a quote saying that when a man comes to his end, he wants to know that there is more purpose to which he was born. Perhaps you are here like the gladiator, you are in level 400, and it's almost going to be over. And yet, the next phase of your life hasn't been revealed to you. It's not like you haven't prayed, it's not like you haven't fasted. You have done all those things, but there's just nothing. Keep going to God, praying to Him, speaking to people it's just one promise after the other there's nothing or perhaps you may have even gained a place for your service but what to do with the next phase of your life you don't know and it looks like it's so dry and one thing about when God is the one putting you into this state of dryness is that most often he's silent in Exodus chapter 3 Moses encounters the burning bush and he goes closer he asks what is going on here and then he gets a commission from God and God gives him or vividly describes everything that he's supposed to do go here say unto this that my people let my people go what, what, what? he tells him everything he said okay fine all right God so now when I go so I think it's Exodus 13 and when I go what should I tell them? Because these Egyptians, they have many gods. They have the god of fire, the god of rain, the god of agriculture, fertility, and all that. So you that you are sending me, who are you? And God just says, I am. I am. Give me an answer. Give me something I can hold. Give me something that I can show to others that indeed you are the one who have called me. And he just says, I am. Take it or leave it. And 
Moses goes, says, okay, if you tell me I am, I'll tell them I am has sent me. He goes on to Pharaoh. But even that, he identifies that he's even weak. So he tells God, all right, you're telling me I am, but you know I can't talk. He says, I'll send your brother to go with you and go and speak to him. You may be in a place like Moses, seeking the face of the Lord, asking him questions, seeking answers from him, asking him what the next stage of my life is going to be. Level 100, you want to ask, Lord, even for the next three months that are coming that we are going to be home, where am I even going to do my intention? What am I going to do? Am I just going to sit at home? What am I going to do? Some of us are all happy we came with good grace from the first semester and all that. But for some too, it didn't go too well. And you may be seated here asking, God, what next? What do I do? And you're asking God, reveal yourself to me. Show me who you are. Let me know that I have come to God. I come to you every Sunday. I pray to you and all that. Show me who you are. And it simply says, I am. In that word, I am, later on we discover in the Bible that it was the best answer God could ever give. At the beginning, it looked like it was a cheeky answer. Who are you? I am. What do you mean I am? But that's the answer he gives. He's not going to give you anything more or anything less. You have to take what God is doing. So if you are currently in a state of dryness, or if you are currently in a position where you feel there's something lacking in your life, and you are praying, and you are praying, and you are praying, there's no sign of breakthrough coming anytime soon. There's no sign of any deliverance coming anytime soon. Just know that perhaps it could be God. Stop asking yourself questions and stop blaming other people for where you are and understand that God is all-powerful. And if your life indeed is hid in Him, He is in control of all things. Amen. Amen. And number two, in Ezekiel 37 verse 4, we see the next thing to do to bring us out of the state of dryness. He said, speak to the situation. That saith the Lord. Prophesy unto these bones the word of the Lord. Prophesy unto these bones the word of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord is so powerful. It's so powerful, we, we as believers... We have sort of undermined it. So whenever even we come, we read the word, it's like we have heard it over and over and over again. But until you apply the word of God to your life, you cannot know what it will do for you. You can read it as powerful, it is uh, dividing the, heart, the souls of men and all that, but until you apply the word to yourself, you're not going to see anything. It's the same way when we have litmus paper. If you want to know what litmus paper can do, you have to place it in another substance to test the litmus paper. The same way for when you are sick and you have a drug. For you, when you are not sick and you hold probably a coatem or something, you say, well, this drug is nothing. But once you introduce it into your body, and it fights against the malaria parasites and you are relieved. That is when you know the power of the Kovatem you are holding. The same way the word of God you are holding. If you hold the Bible, yes, the Bible is one of the powerful books who have ever been written. But if you simply hold it and you do not speak the word, 
You do not speak the Bible. You do not speak, the, you don't make certain declarations over your life. It's going to be the same thing. Ezekiel saw the dry bones. He said, God, only you know. I trust you can bring them. What does God tell him to do? He said, prophesy unto these bones. Speak the word unto it. Speak the word. Do not sit down and say, uh, I, I, am, I am okay by going to church. I am okay by going for midweek, for going for prayers and all that. And so my life is covered in Christ and I, I am okay. All I need to go is to just go and sit down at church. God, he sees me. He knows my heart. When you go to AGCM, I come. I do everything. And so it's fine. It doesn't end there. Speak the word. Speak the word. And as you continuously speak the word, you see that he will turn the situation around in verse 7. Ezekiel 37, verse 7. As you speak the word, the Lord turns the condition around, or he turns the situation around. That's why I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together. Bone to his bone. Amen. Amen. So speak the word. In the book of Revelations, we see that there is a rider that comes. And the name of this rider is the word of the Lord. The name of the rider is the word of the Lord. And how he comes to fight or how he comes to attack is by speaking sharp words of God. So even if God, even if Jesus, who is the word of the God, is the word of the Lord, has to speak the word of the Lord, then how much more us? How can we turn our situation around if not by speaking the word of the Lord? And so when you are praying, you pick a Bible verse. Thank you. And then you use it to pray. Your mom is sick. Your friend is sick. Say, Father, you said in your word, by your stripes we are healed. Therefore, standing on this word, I declare my mother is healed. My sister is healed. My family members are healed. If there's a, a continuous attack you are going through, you say, Father, in your word in Isaiah 7, verse 7, this thing shall not come to pass. It shall not happen. I cancel the plans of the enemy. If you only hold the Bible, it's not going to work for you. You need to speak the word. And this revelation, it was even an unbeliever that showed it unto us. The centurion, when he met Christ, people were saying, Jesus has to be there to heal my mother. Jesus has to be there to heal my father. Jesus, come. Come to my house and perform the miracle. But this unbeliever met Jesus. He said, Lord, I know. I'm a great man myself. And to command the armies, I don't have to go to the battleground. I only speak and it is done. The same way Jesus Christ speak and my son shall be made whole. And the Bible says Jesus spoke and by the time he got home, the same time Jesus spoke the word, his son was healed. So today, what situation are you going through? What dryness are you experiencing? After trusting in the Lord, don't just end there. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. And it will come to pass. Amen. All right. So I'd like to say that God doesn't make mistakes with the things that goes on in our lives. 
He doesn't have any error with man. He doesn't make any errors when it comes to his creation. Never once. Never once. You may be here in Hanbed and you are now asking yourself, but Father, this legal cry, why did I even come here? Or what am I doing here? Or this cause cry that you are giving to me, Father, what can I use it for? Or this French, what should I use it for? Am I going to be a friend teacher? Am I going to be a studies teacher? Father, what, what is going to happen to my life? And you're asking yourself, God, and I a mistake be. I'm not the one supposed to do this French. And you are here. But brothers and sisters, one great man was in a situation like us. And he said, when he was younger, that's Mensa Otabu. He said, when he was younger, he hated French. And not only did he hate French, French hated him too. So whenever it was time for French class, he would walk out. Because the teacher didn't like him. He didn't like the teacher. How many of us can relate with our French teachers? Ah, you see. French is like the French teachers. They are excellent in whipping people. They know how to punish and all that. So Mensah Otabon said he didn't like French and French didn't like him and the teacher didn't like him and he did not care. Where will French take me? Take your language. And lo and behold, he became a pastor. And the door was open for him in a Francophone country. And then he went and he was preaching. He started, he always preaches in English, and so he thought that people were going to be accustomed with that. He started, and then one man walks to him and says, What are you coming to do? Say, interpret. And said, Wow. And now he said, He was thinking back and saying, Ah, so the Lord was in my French class, and I didn't know. And now I'm in this place, and the only French I can speak is Komatu Tapel. And as he is preaching, he can't really speak as he would have wanted to because another person has to translate what he's saying. And it delays him and it slows him down. So he comes home and then he says, Oh, so the Lord was in my house. The Lord visited me in my French class and I did not know. Maybe you are here like that. You are doing French, you are doing Spanish, you are doing any other course you may see. Oh, God, this thing, what am I even going to use it for? But know that the Lord that we worship, he does not cast his spells to swine. Everything that is happening in your life is going to play a key role at some point. The reason why you are doing what you are doing now, in some few years to come, it will manifest. Joseph had a dream. He was going to be king and all that. But the dream didn't show him he would be sitting down in the pit. It didn't show him his brothers will betray him. It didn't show him that even after he had been betrayed and he is in a house where things are going on well, he will be taken from there back into prison. It didn't show. But what if all along God was using it to test him? 
to see my son Joseph, when I show you something, can you believe me enough to say it will come true? And then I think about it and I say, perhaps if Joseph hadn't gone through that and hadn't interpreted the dream of the king's servants, maybe if the king had told him, he may probably not be too bold to describe or tell him the actual meaning of it. And so by the time Joseph gets there, he has been prepared for it. Yesterday, I met a friend, and then he was telling me about how he thanks God for getting a second-class lower. Can you imagine? They are saying, hey, but he says, I thank God that I came to Legon Hall, that I made a second-class lower. I said, ah, maybe I'm okay. <laughs> he said, yeah, maybe I'm okay, Danny. Because through that, he's been able to land a certain job that he never ever saw coming. And how he got the job was through some mates or some friends who were on the same floor. And it happened. And he was telling me, Danny, maybe if I went to a quaffle, I may never have met this guy. If I went to this place, I may never have met him. I was doing classics and philosophy, and I didn't know that I was supposed to be in class with this same guy who would later help me. And if perhaps I had gotten a first class or something, I would have gotten another job offer. But where I am now, I am very fulfilled. I am very much fulfilled. And so you may be here, asking God national service I don't have a place GPA is not going well can this GPA live <laughs> we are laughing but it is someone's question someone sitting here is their question father this current grade, can you do something for me? And I'd like you to say the same thing that Ezekiel said. Only God knows. And no matter what situation I'm in, or no matter how bad it is, God, I'm going to trust you to the end. I'm going to trust you to the end. Why? Because in Romans chapter 8, Verse 28, if you could have that. Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestinates to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 10. 30 years old. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. My brothers, my sisters, what stage are you in? Are you at the calling stage? Have you been called? 
If you are called of God, you are happy. God himself has called me. A sovereign one has called me. But know that he won't just call you and will end there. If you could have that verse again. He will also justify you. He will also justify you. And after you have been justified, you shall be glorified. So I want you to know that whatever dryness you are in your life, or whatever thing that you are lacking now, do not be too quick to blame someone for you being in that position. Do not be in a hurry to say, if maybe Aram had helped me, I wouldn't be in this situation. Nothing just happens. And everything happens for a reason. Learn to trust and understand that God is the sovereign one. And he reigns in the affairs of men. It may not look like what it was set out to be from the very beginning. But God, I thank you I'm still alive. And I thank you that I'm still holding on to your word. For many of us here, we may be the first generation Christians in our family. By that I mean you are the first Christian. You come from a background that not everyone is a Christian. But God needs you to show something. This year we said we are seeking relevance. We had a word of, from God saying that in five years' time we will be in relevant positions. God, my national service alone, I don't even know where I'm going. How can I be relevant? The job that I will do even after, I don't know. And all of a sudden, you have gotten to a point where you are coming to finish school and you are not even happy. You are coming to finish school and you wish, oh God, take me back. Take me back. For some, it may not be full of regrets, but because of what they don't know will happen in the future. Because after school, what am I going to do? After school, no pocket money, no job. Doesn't mean I'm going to lose my girlfriend. Doesn't mean I'm not going to pay tight. Doesn't mean I'm going to struggle. Lord, I've seen some before. Oh, in my house is hard. Oh, the witches, they are there. Oh. oh, God, instead of bringing all your complaints to him, he knows. Simply trust him then pray for him. Hey, pray for yourself. Speak the word for yourself and God will show himself strong. We all have to get to the top. But if we are supposed to get up there, then it means we have to be loaded. We are going through an experience because of who you are going to be one day. You are going through it because one day one boy from somewhere would come with the same story and you use how you came out of it to encourage them. You are going through this because of who you are and where you are going. And if you all believe we are destined to be great and where we are going is a very far place, then we must understand that we have to load ourselves. You have to carry things. You have to go through that experience. You have to come to that final semester when even the GPA that you are at is shaky. 
that you have to go through it. You ask yourself, God, can this thing do something? Can, can, can it change? God, how will this glorify you? How will this glorify you? But like Ezekiel, what if it's the hand of God that is carrying you through the stage? That one day you two may share a story of how you overcame. And by that, another may turn to Christ. Know that God does not waste anything. He doesn't waste experience. He doesn't waste the unfortunate events that happen in our lives. It's all for a purpose. And you can only see that purpose if you understand the sovereignty of God. And you say, God, even if it's too bad, I'm still trusting you. Job said, this God that I'm worshipping, I will hear that he's doing some work in the east. I'll run to the east and he's not there. I'll go to the west and we'll not find him. North, south, we'll not see him. But it shows and it is evident that God is around and he's here. But in my own life, I may not see him. But one thing I know is that at the end of this, I shall come out as gold. Amen. Amen. And so, know this, know this assurance that you have the fullness of God dwelling inside of you. And until you open up to him and until you tell him what you are going through, yes, he knows, but until you talk to him in prayer, you may not see it. An illustration was used about how one man, a Nigerian, was living and then he met a man, one rich man. Who is the richest man in the world now? Okay. And let me use what I know. Bill Gates. So Bill Gates pays this man a visit and then he, he says, Hello. Mr. Nigerian, my name is Bill Gates and I'd like to stay in your house for a short while. I'm traveling and I've lost everything. Can I stay here? The man says, oh, okay, come. Come and see me. He said, you are Bill Gates, eh? You are Bill Gates? And he said, yes, I'm Bill Gates. Okay, come in. Stay with me. He stays with him and then all of a sudden, they, get, they hear a strange knock on the door. They move there. And then they ask, who is it? Who is it? The Nigerian man goes out to find out who is breaking his door. And then it's the landlord. And the landlord is saying, my money, give it to me tomorrow. Or else I'm sucking you out. It is okay. He goes in and then Bill Gates asks him, who was it? Then he says, oh, don't mind him. He's one of our family people. You say you have Bill Gates, eh? Say yes. So what do you do? Yeah, I, I, I make windows. You make windows? What can you get from windows? Well, I make windows. And what money do you have? He said, my money is in stocks and bonds. I don't have physical cash, but all my money is invested in stocks and bonds. And he doesn't know. And the next day comes, 
and this man is evicted from his house, not knowing that he had one of the world's richest men living with him who could have paid off his debts. It is the same way as Christians. We have the fullness of God dwelling in us. And it would be so shameful or be so sad when one day we get to heaven and then we know that what we are going through if only we had called the name of Jesus things would have turned around but like I said this morning it changed all of a sudden understanding the sovereignty of God knowing and believing that all power is in this God that we worship and so I have not come to preach and I beg to say I have not come to exhort you but I have come just to remind you of the God that you are serving trusting him with everything that you have whether good whether bad whether strong whether weak no matter the crisis we are in. Be like Job and say, when I come out of this, I shall come out as good. And believe him with all that you have. All that you have. We are in a very critical moment of our life. As young people and as Christians, especially in this century, where in some states, I think I've mentioned it before. 24 genders. Pornography is becoming a thing of the normal. People are there and they say, I don't know who I am. I'll decide whether I'm a boy or a girl later on. We've reached a state where certain words or certain pronouns can no longer be used. You can no longer use the word father in the US parliament. You cannot use mother. You cannot use sister. You cannot use brother. Because if you do it, it will affect somebody. How are we going to live out this Bible if we fall now? Friends, let's all hold firmly to God that we have received now. And at the end, we too shall come out as good. Amen. Kindly rise to your feet. And now you want to talk to God. You want to say, God, I know I have the fullness of you dwelling in me. But I'm going through this problem. There's something with my academics. I've tried and tried and tried and tried on my own. It's my first exam in University of Ghana and it didn't go so well. How are the coming ones going to be? It is my last semester. It didn't go well. Lord, it seems everything is against me. Even the university. The course that they were going to use 13 weeks, Father, come and see what they are doing. Six weeks. How can I make this? Probably there's something in your relationship you want to talk to God about. 
or a job after school, or national service placement, or a situation at home, or there is a constant habit you don't seem able to stop on your own, talk to him now, trust in his sovereignty, speak his word, believe that as you speak, he's turning it all around for your good.
anything that is lying laid. Father, our academics, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak life. The life of God will come into them. We pray that there will be a quickening in the name of Jesus. For we know that the last Adam is a quickening spirit. Therefore, we pray, O oh God, and we pray that the Holy Spirit will brood over us. And day in, day out, we will be revived. Day in, day out, we will be revived. Father, we pray for grace to trust you. We pray for grace to trust you, that indeed you know all. We ask for strength to submit, to submit the sovereignty of the Lord, that indeed you have the whole world in your hand and you will order our paths. We pray that at the end of the semester, this will be our testimony, that our path shined brighter and brighter onto a more perfect and a wonderful day. We thank you for beginning wonderful things in our lives. In Jesus' name have we prayed. Amen. Amen.